The Greyhound Heart Arnold Jr. had worked for the National Association of State Racing Commissions and the American Greyhound Council for over 20 years. He was known for his honest ways, having reported a sum total of 17 juiced-up greyhounds his first year in the game. He started paying less attention to the rules when his father had a severe heart attack at the age of 62. The doctor said if Arnold Sr. didn't have a heart transplant within the year, he was likely to pass on. Jr. met a veterinarian named Julian Kay at an AGC conference a month after his father's attack. The two men went out to a bar and drank until Jr. couldn't remember the other man's name. All he knew was that somewhere in the name was a capital K. K claimed through whiskey breath that the human infrastructure was capable of taking on a greyhound heart. Before he had time to think, K pulled out a three-ounce red bottle with a spraying mechanism on top. What's that? asked Junior. A form of tattoo removal, said K. Junior pulled back his sleeve to reveal the stenciling of a greyhound dog's shape tattooed on his inner right arm. He took the red spray bottle and sprayed, expecting the tattoo to disappear. Smell it, said Kay. He didn't even have to lean in. The stench of beef spread throughout the whole room faster than any greyhound could ever run. Tattoo removal, said Kay. It's maddening. Exactly. Spray that on a greyhound's ear and another will bite it right off. Arnold brought his wrist up to his nose, took in the strong odorous beef, and broke out into a deep chest cough. Kay broke out into an even deeper laughter. Killing a dog doesn't feel right, said Junior. It's your dad or a dog, a dog that's likely looking for an out. The owner might care. You're looking for an owner that doesn't. Over the next few weeks, Arnold reviewed the charts of thousands of greyhounds looking for the perfect heart. There were three with particularly good blood levels and strong rhythmic patterns. A dog named Lucky stood out to him the most. He called Lucky's owner, hoping to bring the boy in for an exam. When Peter Samuels picked up, there was so much barking in the background, Junior could barely hear a thing. We need to bring in Lucky for a review, called Junior. I just took him in six months ago. Junior had to get aggressive. Things have changed. What about my other dogs? How many other dogs do you have? You don't have it in the paperwork? Junior skimmed through everything he had as fast as he could. His index finger rolled across the number 86. He felt sick working in an industry where living animals were crammed up together, begging for food, just to run in a circle with their barker muzzled. 86, said Junior. 86 is right. And you're telling me you only want to see my best runner? Did Hector put you up to this? This isn't Hector. I don't even know a Hector. It's the association. This is bullshit, said Peter. Do you want to race Lucky or not? Of course I want to race Lucky, you fucking faggot. Arnold Jr. took a deep breath. I think we're going to have to examine all 86 dogs. This is... Junior hung up before Samuels could say another word. Samuels would have called back yelling, but he still used a rotary phone. The next day, Junior went over to his father's house expecting to be perceived as a savior. When he opened the door, his father had a lit cigarette in his mouth. It took 20 minutes to get rid of the cigarette and another 10 to get him to sit down and listen. You're doing what? I'm saving your life. 
You're doing what? Are you crazy? This Dr. K thinks it could save your life. He's a veterinarian, for God's sake, not a doctor. What are you, a moron? Do you want to die? Explain to me what you're going to do. The next week, Arnold Sr. sat in his car outside the veterinarian's office watching Peter Samuels escort his 86 greyhounds into Julian K.'s office. An hour later, he watched them walk out with 85 greyhounds, all of which had their ears bit off. Samuels was screaming at Kay, threatening to sue him and take away his license. He only knew which dog was which based on their inked ears, and without the ink, he had no idea which was which. When he called out for Lucky, they all returned with a yammer. A yelling match carried on until Samuels pulled out an unloaded gun. The police arrived after a neighbor reported the sound of 100 barking dogs. Both men explained their sides. Nothing got done. The cops were both dog lovers and too overwhelmed by the cuteness of the situation. Once everyone cleared out, Kay waved for Arnold Sr. to come inside. And the back room was lucky with his ears bit off. He was hooked up to a ventilator with Junior standing over him. What if this kills me? asked Arnold Sr. You don't have much time anyway, Dad. Arnold Sr. went over and gave his son a hug. His arms wrapped around him tight as tight could be. He whispered something gruff in his left ear. Kay tried to decipher the message but couldn't. From the looks of Junior's reaction, he was probably saying something like, I'll see you in hell. The surgery was a success. After two months of recovery, Arnold Sr. was back on his feet. Every once in a while, he had the compulsion to chase his tail, scratch his ear, and chase tennis balls. But the pleasure of life seemed to be worth the ticks. His favorite thing was going to the racetracks. It got his heart racing. One time he even hopped onto the track, got down on all fours, and raced the other dogs. He came in last place and was shot with a tranquilizer. The whole ordeal made it to the New York Times, became a national story, and revealed the illicit yet successful work Kay had done. PETA and the Humane Society went berserk as weakened greyhounds were being killed off for the sake of human life. The political cause to save human life by Greyhound Heart became as divisive as abortion. Against Kay's warnings, people began to experiment with other types of dogs. A career senator from Montana died trying to receive a golden retriever's heart. Things got weirder and weirder after that. Some transplant Greyhound patients became so canine-like that their family members began crating them overnight. It became common to leash transplant patients while taking them on walks along sidewalks and neighborhoods. Eventually, the practice of saving humans with greyhound hearts was presented to the Supreme Court as one that should be punishable by death. The only problem was most of the Supreme Court members were so old they had greyhound hearts. So Kay and Junior were sent to jail for a total of 30 years for a series of charges that I can't quite remember. They both died inside in their hearts, kidneys, livers, lungs, pancreases, stomachs, intestines, corneas, bones, tendons, skins, heart valves, nerves, veins, bone marrow, stem cells, hands, arms, and feet were transplanted. The 36 people they saved adopted greyhounds. Those greyhounds lived a total of 314 years. The dogs would never know how they got to live such great lives. But I do. And now you know. It was all because of a drunken conference meeting between Junior and Kay. I wrote this story because Kafka is my favorite writer and I was reading the trial at the time and so I took some things from the trial and applied it to this story a little bit. I mean, when I said it was Kafka-esque in the last commentary, I, uh, 
I don't know if it's too Kafkaesque. I really just took the name of a character, K. <laughs> Joseph K, Julian K, it's from the trial. I don't know. There's some other things, too, I think, that are Kafkaesque, but uh, that's your own opinion, and it's pretty arrogant and pathetic that I keep using the word Kafkaesque, but I don't know what other word to really use, you know? <laughs> I don't know. I just thought it would be an interesting idea. What if you gave a dog heart to a human? What would happen? And... I decided what would happen is complete chaos and political upheaval, just like anything else in this world. I realize that the story can be a little bit confusing sometimes at the beginning. So if you don't get what's going on, it's basically just a man is trying to save his father, and the only way to do it is with a greyhound heart. I guess that's pretty simple, but someone told me they were confused, so I'm explaining that to you. As always, if you have any questions, you can email me. If not, the next story up is called Cat Burglars. It's a funny one. It's a good ending. It's a funny ending. It's one of my favorite endings. It's got a little twist to it. They all got a little twist to it at this point. If you listen to, the, if you listen to enough of them, you get the idea of how I do things. And this is how I do things. I do things a little twisted, a little crazy, a little weird, a little out there, a little broad, uh, not too detailed, and a bit in your face. Greyhound Hearts, up next, Cat Burglars. Thanks for listening. Enjoy. I hope this was a divine Kafka-esque experience for you. All right.